This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities and where real talk lives. Online at fcbradio.com. FCB. They freed us all from tyranny. Risked everything for liberty. And they thought so we would be America, land of the Welcome back to the Growing Patriot Podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Hamilton. This week, we're back for another mini-sode to go through a few more events of the American Revolution. It's a special mini-sode, though, because we also have a video. Head on over to the Growing Patriots YouTube, and you'll find a video all about the Battle of Kettle Creek. We had a really special guest who created a great video for us, and we are so excited to be able to share that with you. So I'll do a little overview in this episode, but go over there for the whole story. And just like with every episode, you can go to growingpatriots.com to find that video, other videos for this episode, coloring pages, and great resources. Here we go. We left off in the revolutionary timeline after the Battle of Monmouth. The next thing of note was the Illinois Campaign, which was also known as Clark's Northwestern Campaign, named after George Rogers Clark. He led a small group of Virginia militiamen to get control of British posts in the Illinois country of Quebec. Now we know them as part of the United States, Illinois, and Indiana. This was pretty far west for the American Revolution, and these wins made Clark one of the early heroes of the American Revolution. In July of 1778, Clark and his men crossed the Ohio River from Kentucky and took control of Kaskaskia, Vincennes, and other villages in this British territory. They took them all without firing a shot. That's because the Canadian and Native American populations who were living there really didn't want to fight to protect the British Empire. A few months later, a British leader named Henry Hamilton, who was stationed in Fort Detroit, did reoccupy Vincennes for a little while, but Clark came back in a surprise attack and retook the town and captured Hamilton. To mark his victory, he renamed the area the Illinois County of Virginia. Just a few weeks later, in August of 1778, the Continental Army and American militia forces under the command of General John Sullivan faced off with the British forces in Newport, Rhode Island. The Continental Army had surrounded the British forces there, and they were cutting off food and other essential supplies, hoping that it would force the British to surrender. That's called a siege. However, it wasn't working, so the American forces had decided to abandon that siege and were withdrawing from the island. The British weren't going to let them get away easily, though. They attacked the Americans as they left, and this led to a battle. The battle was inconclusive, the Americans got away, and the British held the city. But this was an important battle for a few reasons. For one thing, there was a very important and special regiment fighting on the American side. The 1st Rhode Island Regiment, under the command of Colonel Christopher Green, consisted of African Americans, American Indians, and white colonists all fighting together. This was also the first time that we saw the French and the American armies working together. You probably remember that France had entered the war recently, and in this case, French troops and American planned this together. 
Since it was the first try, they had some trouble with communication, and a major storm was damaging the French fleet as well as the British fleet before things could really begin. But it means that the British saw that the French were really there and really willing to help the American side. Now let's move on to September of 1778 and the Tappan Massacre, which was also known as the Baylor Massacre, after Colonel George Baylor, head of the American forces. This took place in New Jersey and was a surprise attack against the 3rd Regiment of Continental Light Dragoons under the command of that George Baylor that I just mentioned. On September 22nd, Major General Charles Gray, Major General Charles Cornwallis, and Brigadier General Edward Matthew mobilized their troops to try to get George Washington into a battle. After finding out that Baylor's men were staying in local farms, Cornwallis ordered Gray to pursue those troops. It was five days later on September 27th that things really got going. In the middle of the night, British soldiers came upon those barns where the American soldiers were staying. It's called a massacre because that's really what it was. 69 Continental soldiers were captured, killed, or wounded, and only one British soldier. Colonel Baylor and some of the other officers tried to escape by climbing out of a chimney, but they were captured. Baylor was wounded and died several years later from complications from that wound. As 1778 came to a close, the British secured another big victory, Savannah, Georgia. On December 29th of that year, a British lieutenant named Colonel Archibald Campbell brought more than 2,500 troops to Savannah. Some of these troops were loyalists from New York, there were Hessian mercenaries, and even some members of a regiment of Highlanders. This was a surprise attack, and American Major General Robert Howe was definitely surprised. He only had around 650 to 900 men to fight back. As Continental forces evacuated the city, the Georgia Regiment had many losses, 83 men and another 483 captured. The British only lost three men and had 10 wounded. Working together, French and American forces did hold Savannah under siege for a few weeks in the fall of 1779, but they never got the city back. It stayed under British control until they left on their own in July of 1782 toward the end of the war. While 1778 didn't have a great end, 1779 got off to a much better start. That is thanks to General William Moultrie and the Battle of Beaufort, also called the Battle of Port Royal Island, that took place on February 3rd, 1779. After the British had taken Savannah, they set off a small force to take Port Royal Island off the coast of South Carolina. There, they thought that they could cut off the supplies to Charleston, where there was still an American army gathering. There were only a few Continental soldiers there holding the fort. So when they heard that the British were coming, they decided to abandon it and blow it up behind them so that the British couldn't take it. That's when Continental General Lincoln stepped in. He sent 300 members of the militia under South Carolina Brigadier General William Moultrie to confront the British. Moultrie is already a military hero after the Battle of Sullivan's Island, which had prevented an invasion of Charleston in 1776. His army went over to Port Royal Island on February 2nd and occupied Beaufort themselves by the morning of February 3rd. 
the British forces also landed on the second, but on the other side of the island. And they tried to secure that island side, but Moultrie's men were already across the island and drove them away. The two forces met on the third on a high point of the island called Gray's Hill for a battle. But in this case, the Americans were in the open field and the British were taking cover in the forest. It was usually the other way around. Continental forces were able to take out the only piece of British artillery right at the beginning of firing, so they had more people and better firepower. Still, after fighting for just 45 minutes, Americans were out of ammunition. Moultrie ordered a retreat, but it turns out the British were also retreating. They were really losing, and Major William Gardner realized that they couldn't take the island. They were not going to win this one. So, Moultrie had those British soldiers pursued as they fled, and several were captured. At the end of the battle, the British had lost several dozen men, and the Americans had lost only eight. With those numbers, you might be able to tell that this was not really a major battle of the American Revolution, but it was important because the Americans really needed a win. They were discouraged after losing Savannah and the invasion of the South, so this reminded those Continental soldiers that they could stand up to the British and win. That was an important reminder because just a few days later, the Battle of Kettle Creek took place and was the first major win in the backcountry of Georgia. Two Continental soldiers joined together for this one. There was a Georgia Patriot militia led by Colonel John Dooley and a South Carolina militia under the control of Colonel Andrew Pickens. They worked together to conduct offensive operations into Georgia, trying to gain new land. Even some members of the North Carolina Light Horse Troop joined in. On February 10th, they crossed the Savannah River to attack a British Army camp just south of Augusta. It turns out the camp was empty, and they found out that the those soldiers were on a long patrol. Pickens and Dooley thought they knew where they were headed, a post called Carr's Fort, and sent men there, while another group chased after the British. The British did make it to the fort, but were forced to abandon their horses and supplies outside the wall. Then Pickens besieged the fort, there's that word siege again, until he found out that the British had seven or eight hundred loyalists headed for Georgia, so he left and went to catch those loyalists. Those loyalists had been recruited and were led by Lieutenant Colonel John Boyd. And Pickens thought he knew just where Boyd was going to be, so he set up at the mouth of the Broad River. That's where he thought Boyd and his soldiers would try to cross. But that's not what Boyd was doing at all. He was further north. He found a little bit of resistance where he first tried to cross, so he headed even further north and crossed the Savannah River up there. He did come into contact with a small Patriot force that had been following him from the Georgia side. Boyd, Boyd lost a hundred men killed, wounded, or deserted in that fight. And by the time Pickens found out that Boyd had already crossed the river, he had crossed into South Carolina to try to find him. So he crossed back into Georgia and finally caught up with him on February 14th near Kettle Creek. When the two groups met, the battle lasted for 90 minutes and the Continental Army came out on top. The Loyalist line was broken and its men were captured, killed, or deserted, and some got away. That's a really quick overview of that battle, but remember to go to the Growing Patriots YouTube page to watch a much longer video that our friends over at the Kettle Creek Battlefield put together for us. Thanks so much for listening to this quick mini-sode about some of those battles in 1778 and 1779. 
Remember to visit growingpatriots.com for resources that go along with this episode and every episode. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Growing Patriots. See you next time. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand with for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the free. Distributed by FCB Radio Network.